Please open with me in your copies of God's Word to the book of Titus. Titus chapter 1. This afternoon we will be considering verse 5 of Titus chapter 1, a continuation from um, the previous messages that we have heard from this book. Titus chapter 1 verse 5. I'm going to read the whole chapter, but then we will be considering just one verse this afternoon, verse 5. This is the letter of Paul to Titus. This is the inerrant word of God. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began, and at the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching with which I have been entrusted by the command of God our Saviour. To Titus, my true child in a common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Saviour. This is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained into, into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife and his children are believers and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. For an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy and disciplined. He must hold fast the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. For there are many who are insubordinate, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision party. They must be silenced, since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. One of the Cretans, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are, are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith, not devoting themselves to Jewish myths and the commands of people who turn away from the truth. To the pure, all things are pure. But to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both their minds and their consciences are defiled. They profess to know God, but they deny Him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. That is God's word. I'm going to pray and then we will consider verse 5. Father, we thank you that once again we have an opportunity to hear your word. And we have the preacher and those that are listening. We pray, Lord, that you may speak to us because we come to receive the food of your Holy Word. We pray that you may speak. Your servants are listening. 
We pray that you may, you may keep us from error. Guide us into all truth. Keep the preacher from error. Help me to speak clearly, simply, shortly, that your people may be helped to see basic truths that are in your word. Help us all to know your grace that both the preacher and the hearer would be enabled, that I would be enabled to speak and that my hearers would be enabled to hear. Grant, O Lord, that you would be glorified in the preaching of your word this afternoon. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever asked yourself, why do we have elders in any given church? Where did the idea that a church should have pastors come from? Have you ever asked yourself, how do elders, you know, apart from where we got the concept from, but how do they, how should they look like? This is the concern of the passage that is before us that we will be considering today and the next couple of weeks, the Lord willing. We will be today asking and answering or this evening I would be asking and answering the question, who should lead the church? And the simple answer here is the elders. It's the elders that should lead the church. Now, we did not invent for ourselves that we should have elders in, you know, in various churches. We should have pastors, men who, uh, uh, who lead others. Now, those who invented for themselves the concept come up with all sorts of perversions to it. And they, they never quite really pay attention to what the word of God says that elders should look like. Well, then this evening, while ans- asking, asking the question who should lead the church, and by granting just that simple answer that it's the elders who should do it, um, I'd like us to see how this comes forth from the word of God. Now, when we say that elders should lead the church, we are not negating the fact that church government is comprised of elders and deacons. Because surely the apostle talks about this in 1 Timothy chapter 3. He tells Timothy the very same things that he's here going to tell Titus on how elders should look like. But then he goes ahead to say that the church government is comprised of both the elders and the deacons. Now his concern, the apostle's concern here is the appointment of elders in in various churches, especially those that are in Crete. And he's going to give their qualifications thereafter. Now, before establishing their qualifications, he first establishes that elders are to be appointed in the church, and this does show that they are the leaders of the church. As we are going to see, he says that a church is, is not orderly if 
there are no elders. John Calvin says here, quote, In the spiritual building, this nearly comes next to doctrine, that pastors be ordained to take charge of governing the church. And therefore, Paul mentions it here in preference to everything else. It is a point which ought to be carefully observed that churches cannot safely remain without the ministry of pastors and that consequently, wherever there is a considerable body of people, a pastor should be appointed over it. End quote. And that's the concern of the Apostle Paul here as he speaks to Titus. Now last week, we were able to, to see that this letter has been written to Titus. Titus being a Gentile, Paul being a, 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 a Jew, an Israelite. But then we see the beautiful harmony that the gospel grants when we see Paul calling Titus, my true child in a common faith. And then he grants him that grace and peace that comes from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. Now, when, when Paul is calling Titus my true child, we're going to see that they are laboring side by side in the course of the gospel. And that is how they find themselves in Crete. Now, let me, let me give you the, 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 the three points that I would like to bring before you from verse 5. How do we know that it is the elders who should lead the church? Number one, the apostle leaves Titus in Crete for this. Number two, the apostle says that an orderly church is one that has elders. And then number three, the apostle directs Titus to appoint elders. So number one, the apostle leaves Titus in Crete for this. Number two, the apostle says that an orderly church is one that has elders. And then number three, the apostle directs Titus to appoint elders. Number one, the apostle leaves Titus in Crete for this. Look at verse five, beginning there. It says, this is why I left you in Crete. The apostle sits there that he left Titus in Crete. Crete, Crete was an island, and I believe it still is, in the Mediterranean Sea. So, for easy understanding, have this picture in your mind. So you have the map of Africa, you have Egypt at the top there, then you have Libya, you have Tunisia, you have, is it Algeria? And then you have Morocco at the end. So you have that stretch. You have the Mediterranean Sea, uh, on top of it and then up there you have if you look at the bible the, the maps in your bibles you you'll see you have um, cilicia galatia cappadocia uh, uh, asia minor uh, uh, athens and all those all those places where paul takes the gospel now crete crete is an island in between here right between uh, egypt and libya on top here you have Crete. That's where Crete is. And then up there, you have all those other cities where Paul takes the gospel. That's the picture that you should have in mind when thinking of Crete. So then, laboring with Titus in Crete, Paul leaves Titus on that island. He leaves him there. The island of Crete must have had churches established before the apostle left his true child, as he calls, calls him there, um, uh, before the apostle leaves Titus there. The reason why Titus is left in Crete is somewhat similar to why Timothy was left in Ephesus. 
it seems true to say that Paul and Titus may have been on a journey together in Crete. This missionary journeys that Paul used to take. The gospel was proclaimed and there were disciples now gathering in different places in Crete, that island. There is clearly no order. There is clearly no organization in these gatherings. Titus is left here for the purposes of order in the church. He is left in Crete so that there may be organization. There may be maintenance of sound instruction in the churches. And, and as we are going to, to see later on, Paul says that there are many who are insubordinate. There are empty talkers. There are deceivers. Basically, there are false teachers. He says, the person being appointed to be an elder, which is where he begins, appoint elders, this person must look like this. And then he gives the qualifications. Among them, he says, he must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. Because there are people like that there in Crete. And so Titus is left there for the purposes of order, organization, maintenance of sound teaching, sound instruction in the churches that may have been established in Crete. Now this organization is seen in the appointment of elders in these churches. So Titus is to oversee this work as it is done and therefore would be acting as what John Calvin says he would be acting as as the apostles deputy he would be uh, overseeing that work of appointing the elders now we must here realize that the church is in its inception so so when paul is giving this charge to timothy and he tells him this is why i left you in crete the church is still in its early ages early stages it is in its origins. So, so this work must be started in a certain way and, you know, and then it will continue from there. So the apostle leaves Titus in Crete for this purpose. So when Paul says, this is why I left you in Crete, he's basically telling him, I left you in Crete so that you may appoint elders. So that you may put into order that which was, diso- sorry, that which we have not completed. You may continue with it and put order by appointing the elders. So he's, he's, he's uh, as it were, telling Titus, if there is something that I left you in Crete to do, is to appoint elders. So you see, Paul leaves Titus in Crete, and the main thing that he wants him to do, when you read that statement there, this is why I left you in Crete, it's as though he's telling him, the main thing that I have left you to do in Crete is this. And then he gives it to him. Appoint elders. So that's, that's the first point. Second point is, the apostle says that an orderly church is one that has elders. <laughs> the apostle says that an orderly church is one that has elders. Look at verse 5 again. This is why I left you in Crete. Why? So that you might put what remained into order. So, what I'd like you to see here is that there is a progression of thought. So the apostle says, I have left you that you may put order by appointing elders. You understand? Eh? So there's a progression of thought. He says here that an orderly church is one that has elders. The gospel has been preached. 
Paul and Titus have proclaimed the gospel in this island that we, we call Crete. Some work has been established, but the apostle is saying it is not complete. Hmm? There's something that remains that needs to be put in order. Now, some of you have been here with us um, when we were beginning this church planting work. When we were starting it back then in uh, 2021, uh, February, January, February. Some of you are here with us when we began that Bible study. You can testify to the fact that bringing up a church is not an easy thing and can't be done perfectly all at once, right? So that you, you, have, you, know, you have to do these Bible studies, invite people to them, and then at some point establish whether there are people willing to be members of that church, then constitute that church, then following after that you have elders, and then you continue like that, and then you bring in deacons to continue serving and, and so on and so forth. So the work of establishing a church is, is not quite an, an easy ta- task. And it's, it's, not easy. It's, it's not easy so that everything can be just done perfectly all at once. And that's what the Apostle is saying here. There is work that we began. But then I left you here so that you might put what remained into order. He's saying here that these, these churches that have already been started, something is missing. And an orderly church is one that has elders. And that's what he's building up towards to show them, to show him. Now, however much time the apostles spent in Crete, we don't know. It's uncertain. But the truth, as we see here, is that he had spent some time there and had given himself. He had given his energies to seeing the advancement of the kingdom of Christ there. But then he left Titus and he admits that what he had managed, what they had managed to accomplish still needed to be polished up. It was incomplete. It was not orderly as it ought to have been. And this is why he, he leaves Titus there. You see, the point here is that work may be done and the gospel may be preached. Even more, a church may be constituted and members can be in place. But without elders, the apostle says the work would be incomplete. It would be without proper order. That order must be sought. You get the point, eh? The apostle is saying, work has been done. We have proclaimed Christ. People have come. But then, if there are no elders, there is still work to be done. There is still order to be maintained. And that order is maintained by the appointment of elders. So that an orderly church is one that has elders. And where, for whatever reason, a church has no elders all energies should be dedicated to getting elders because this is how a proper orderly church looks like so those of you that were here when we were beginning you remember that as soon as we constituted the church what did we start thinking about having elders we started uh, directing all our energies towards seeing that we have pastors in the church and the apostle says here I left you in Crete so that you might put what remained into order. I left you in Crete so that you you may continue to streamline this work that we have begun. So that there may be pastors in the church, which is the third point there. Number three, the apostle directs Titus 
to appoint elders now remember we are answering the question who should lead the church and we have given the direct simple answer that it is the elders who should lead the church and and why why or how do we know that it is the elders who should lead the church we've said number one the apostle leaves titus in crete for this very purpose then we've said number two the apostle says that an orderly church sorry an, an orderly church is one that has elders so that if he doesn't have elders it is not orderly and then number three the apostle directs titus to appoint elders which is the last point that i would like us to consider the apostle directs titus to appoint elders look with me at verse, verse five again paul says this is why i left you in crete so that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as i directed you and appoint elders in every town as i directed you now the apostle seems to have spoken these things to titus do you hear that language he says and appoint elders in every town as i directed you so he seems to have spoken these things with titus he says there that the elders are to be appointed in every town as he had directed titus before so that they might have had this conversation as Paul was about to leave him and he may have well told Titus what to do in his absence. So when he says, as I, as I had directed you, or as I directed you, we get from that that it may be a conversation that they may have had. But now he's writing to him a letter. So this is the letter of Paul to Titus. He's writing to him a letter. This must have been very important. Now, consider with me that if they have had this conversation, if he, has, if he has already directed him, why is he then writing a letter to him again to tell him something that he had already told him? This must have been very important. For him to take the pains to write what he had already mentioned means that Titus needed to be reminded that this is very necessary for this, uh, for, for this church and very important for the proper order of churches. So the church where Titus is, the other churches that are around there, and for, for the future, for you and I that are seated here, this must have been very important. It may also be that this was the only thing remaining in Crete. And therefore, the apostle leaves Titus expecting that he will make sure that this appointing of elders has been done. That no stone has been left unturned. That every church has a pastor. Paul writes this to Titus so that he may remind him of what they had talked. So that the authority of Titus may be established. Especially because, as again, we will later see this, there are false teachers in action. There are false teachers in action. And so Titus needs to have authority. And Titus can't just show up and say, Guys, Paul directed me that we have elders. What if the false teachers say, ah, we, don't, we, we do not take what you, what you say. We don't want to hear what you, what, you, what you have to say. So Paul writes this so that not only that he may remind him, but also that he may establish the authority of Titus. That when the letter uh, uh, gets to them, or when Titus says, Paul directed me, he can pull up a letter and say, here's the letter that Paul wrote. And then lastly, Paul wrote this to Titus so that 
the future ages, you and I may be taught how uh, biblical churches ought to be run, how they ought to be led, who should lead the church. So that as the church continues to grow far and wide, we may have actual evidence that God requires us to walk in a certain way, to walk like this. Now, doesn't the apostle give too much power to Titus? I mean, one might, one might easily say, the apostle has given too much power to, to, to Titus. You know, when he directs him to appoint elders, isn't this too much power in one person's hands? Someone else may say, you know, now after Titus has died, who is going to take his responsibility? To see to it that the elders are appointed in churches. Hmm? Doesn't this method take away from the church her right to choose pastors for herself? One may be asking that question. The Apostle Paul does not give Titus the permission to do everything by himself. The response here is simple. It's not as though the Apostle is telling Titus, you do everything by yourself, you have all the authority, you have all the power, do what you want. Choose the men that you please. No, no, no. He does not give Titus the permission to do everything by himself. Rather, he gives him the charge of a moderator. Uh, uh, an overseer, for lack of a better word, to look over this work, to preside, you know, Chebukati style, to ensure that everything is done properly. That's the charge that the apostle is giving. He's, he's only telling him to ensure that things are done properly. Now, how do we know this? We know this from the fact that he gives him the qualification. He gives Titus the qualifications of, the, of these elders. I mean, if the intention was to have Titus do everything by himself and choose elders for the churches as he sees fit, what would be the need of giving him qualifications? Right? He would just tell him, I've given you the authority, choose elders. Appoint elders in every church. But we know that that was not the intention of Paul because he gives him qualification. We know that he was telling him to look over the work to ensure that everything is done properly because he gives the qualifications. The apostle will just say, this is why I left you in Crete, appoint elders in every town. And that would be the end of the story. The appointment of elders in every town there um, means that uh, Paul gave Titus the charge of moderator to ensure that it is done properly and he's going to therefore tell him now moderate like this this is what you, are, you should look for in an elder one two three four five things he gives them to him now when he says appoint elders in every town he means that there were different gatherings in the island of crete so you know you can go look that up in in the in the map and you will see that Crete, even though an island, is, is, is quite big. It spans wide. So there were different towns in that island. And therefore elders had to be appointed for, for all of them. Uh, elders had to be appointed for the gatherings that were there in the island of Crete. Now, why, why is this important for us? Why are we spending our time talking about this? 
We are spending our time talking about this because churches today are led however people please. You know that, right? People determine how, how you know, the so-called churches are going to be led. Now, Paul considers it a very important matter that when the gospel has been preached, when gatherings have been established, when churches have been constituted, elders be appointed. And he is very careful, meticulous even, to ensure that the way this business goes on is by the appointment of Christ, according to the instructions of Christ. Because when the word of God is written, it is the breath of God. God is speaking. So Paul tells Titus, you know, people have gathered, the gospel has been preached. The people of God are not to just walk the way they think or the way they imagine. God requires something of them. This is what God requires. God requires that elders lead the church. It's not rich people that lead the church. It's not old people that lead the church. It is not women that lead the church. It is not men that have two, more than one wife that lead the church. It is not people that got converted recently that lead the church. The apostle is going to say, this is how people that lead the church look like. This is of utmost importance. And this is why then Paul says, I left you in Crete. And this is why, so that you might put what remained into order. And so that you may appoint elders in every town as I directed you. I'd like you to see there the harmony of the gospel. Again, Paul is a Jew. Titus is a Gentile. These people have been saved by God the Father and Jesus Christ our Savior by the power of the Holy Spirit. They come together in a common faith. Faith in the only begotten Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. They work together. They proclaim the gospel in this island called Crete. The apostle works side by side with this protege, this, this young man that is called Titus. And this is what the gospel does. It does not matter how apostolic the apostle was. He is a humble man. He works with Titus. But it's, it's not just his humility in play here. It's the power of the gospel in the conversion of sinners that brings these two together. So, short as it may be, the people, um, um, the people that lead the church as, as, as we have them in this, in this, in this sermon are the elders. Now, let me make a few applications as I finish. Number one, any given church must have elders for their leadership. Any given church must have elders for their leadership. The chief shepherd 
the Lord Jesus Christ has left that under shepherds are to be appointed for the orderliness of his churches. The Lord is our shepherd, the chief shepherd for that matter. But then he has not left us to, to walk as sheep without a shepherd. No. He has given under shepherds for that work. And as we're going to see next week, there's a certain way that these men should look like. So any given church must have elders for their leadership. Now, as we, as we have seen, the apostle is not saying that the only leaders in the church are the elders. Because we know that he has talked about it somewhere else to Timothy. Um, and so we, we are not to imagine that the only office is the, the office of, of the elder. But then, <clears throat> the, the, you know, the writers of the scriptures do acknowledge that the most important office in the life of the church is the office of the elder. Why? Because this is the office through which the ministry of the word comes to the people of God. Now, as the church continues to grow, as the church and you know enlarges you're going to have different issues in the church right different uh, needs and because of that we are pointed to acts chapter 6 where you have you know the appointment of deacons in the church and how all that goes about so that they may relieve relieve the ministers of the gospel to to continue proclaiming the gospel that they may devote themselves to prayer and the ministry of the word so any given church must have elders for their leadership where there are no elders there is a dis- there is a dysfunctional church there, there is no proper order as the apostle puts it here that what, what has been done in the proclamation of the gospel, what remained when they worked together with Titus, had to be put in order. And the way it's put in order is by the appointment of, of elders. Number two, the work of the gospel needs many hands. That's the second application there. The work of the gospel needs many hands. So, so we know that the apostle was not just working by himself. He did not act as though he needed no one to work side by side with him. No. He was going along with the other people that God gave him. In this case, it is Titus. He's, you know, his true child in the common faith, as he calls him. And therefore, godly ministers should be willing to work with others of a common faith. Faithful ministers of the gospel should be humble enough to know that God doesn't need them. God cannot, God cannot use them only. It's, it's not only them that can be used by God, to put it differently. So they, the, the, the gospel ministers should be humble enough to work with others of a common faith, like Paul does here with Titus. Then number three... The, la- the third and last application, the word of God 
is sufficient. Last but not least, let us see that the word of God is sufficient. Because it tells us here of the appointment of elders for the proper order and government of the church, we should be careful to follow its directive. You see, the word of God says that order in churches is established by the appointment of elders. That, that, that is enough for us. Oh, we don't need, I don't know what committee to, to govern. I, I don't know what ministry in the church. We don't need women's guild. No, 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 no. The way the church is led is by the appointment of elders. The word of God has spoken. It is sufficient. It is Arsis Prol who says that when God has spoken in his word, that is final. End of discussion. If God says that Elders are to be appointed in his churches. That is it. If they are the ones to lead the church, you know, and when the, the elders come in, they ensure order in the church. That is it. What else do we need? What other revelation do we want? The Bible tells us here that this is why Paul left Titus in Crete that he might put what remained into order and that he may appoint elders in every town as he had directed him. Now as we are going to see in the next next uh, couple of Sundays there is a certain way that these elders should look like. So that's the first step in knowing who should lead the church? We know that it is the elders. And then the next question we would be asking ourselves is, how should the elders look like? A personal life, domestic life, teaching life, all of it is going to be given us here. May the Lord bless you with these words. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have had this opportunity to hear of the leadership of the church. We know that the head of the church is the Lord Jesus Christ. And this has been granted by the Father because of the people that he has saved. He has established the church. He is the chief shepherd. Yet we thank you because the chief shepherd has not left his sheep without shepherds. He has given under shepherds to care for his sheep. And as we see here from your word, the apostle is concerned about this. By the inspiration of the spirit, he says, this is why he leaves Titus in Crete. That he may put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town. Grant that it would be our desire to see churches that are full of godly men who can be called elders, who can be called pastors. We pray, Lord, that you may be glorified in having multiple elders 
here at TRBC. We pray that you may help us to see that this is not by our own appointment. It's not by our own ideologies. But it is granted in your word that every church has elders. And that there is no other system that we should seek to adhere to. But this that has been granted to us in your word. You do not tell us that churches should be led by denominations or denominational hierarchies. You tell us that your word should be led by the elders. Grant that this would be engraved in our hearts and minds that we would be willing to submit to it. Remind us of these things. Bless us with them. For we pray this in Jesus' name.